This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. You can't look at me like that, dude. You can't look at me like you're looking at right now. All right, welcome back in here on the Blitz 1170, streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Bryce Holes. Colby Daniels is alongside as well. We're going to hit up the hotline and welcome in Jacob Andrew from the Oklahoma. So, Jacob, I have to, I have to warn you, you're walking into a room you're following David Keckner, who played Champ Kind on Anchorman. We just had that guy on as a guest. Wait, because, wait what? Because he's in Tulsa uh, for a comedy show. Now, I know you're saying, but what? But I, <laughs> I have to say, that was maybe one of the more awkward conversations I've ever had in my <laughs> life. So it's not like that you're, you're oh, having okay. to walk in <laughs> after some sort of just oh. amazing situation that we just had here on air. Oh, thank God. I still don't oh, know <laughs> really what the last 10 or 15 minutes was. Do you, Colby, have any idea of what that was? I love lamp. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Did he just say whammy the whole time? No! What? No! It, that would have been pretty good. That always. would have been... Uh, might have been better. Um, it, yeah, it just didn't get off to a good start, and it like he gave a couple of, like one word answers in the early, and it threw us off because we didn't know like when to step in and when to go, and he had these long pauses in between. It just, uh, yeah, sometimes you know, hey, everyone's done a bad interview now and then. Yeah, um, you've just got to chalk those up and move Man. on. But right before we came yeah. back on the air, Bryce just gave me this look, and I was like, dude, you can't look at me like that. I don't, I don't even know what to yeah. say. What that was, so. Well. Man, I, I thought you guys were setting the bar real high for a second, but I feel like you put it where I could just step right over without any kind of issue. Yes, I think that you can indeed. Uh, long time no talk. I hope that you're doing well. I know you just finished uh, recording a podcast on the latest involving Oklahoma State. So today was the much-anticipated depth chart that had 16 oars listed next to it. So I'll expect a full breakdown of these position battles from you, <laughs> Jacob. But the main one, and even Gundy seemingly was ready to move on to a different position, the main one is still on quarterback, and Gundy has made it be known that this is going to be a two-quarterback show maybe for an extended period of time. We don't really know. It's kind of at his discretion right now. But that's kind of the main takeaway from today, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think uh, we're going to see uh, Alan Bowman. We're going to see Garrett Rangel. We might see Gunnar Gundy. You know, Mike was asked, hey, uh, what does multiple mean? Does that mean two, three, six? What do we got here? And uh, he said more than one. So he's not lying to us. Um, but he said it could be three, um, could be two. You know, it's more than one. And so um, I think it's primarily going to be Bowman and Rangel, though. Um, maybe Gunnar, you know. The Central Arkansas game is the perfect way to say we're going to play multiple quarterbacks because they're going to play multiple quarterbacks against Central Arkansas. Things go according to plan, even if they named a starter today. So I think that's the biggest takeaway when you look at it and say, okay, there's going to be a couple of these guys. How is this going to work? But last time they tried this, too, they tried. They said this in 2019 when Spencer Sanders and Drew Brown, and Spencer played all of the game at Oregon State. So And then we didn't see Drew Brown until, what, mop-up minutes or even October – when uh, Spencer got hurt against Kansas that year. So um, who knows how this is going to go. Alan Bowman can come out and just throw lasers and be unflappable and, and take over this job, or he could struggle when you're going to see Rangel and Gunner both. I don't, I don't know, but uh, that was definitely interesting to hear Mike talk about all the different ways this could work. I mean, my headline is that Gunner Gundy was listed ahead of Garrett Rangel in the quarterback oars. 
Well, I think it was number order or fourth, or it was alphabetical order. We're not quite <laughs> entirely sure there, because you know you got BGR and you got seven, twelve, thirteen. So you take a guess on what they were doing there, because it's kind of all over the map on ors. We tried to play sleuth. Um, running backs is numerical; they're, they're numerical. But then you've got some backup ors that are not numerical and are alphabetical. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I think it was just a. Uh, we're gonna throw this in there and let you guys try to figure out what it is. But I, I, I think it was numerical, alphabetical amount. So we have talked a lot about here in the afternoons about the process that Gundy has gone through in the past when it comes to naming starter quarter, starting quarterbacks. And there has been a time where you didn't either know to a game day or heck, sometimes Hunziker is the one that made the announcement on the radio show about who was starting. Right. And I thought that this might be another one of those situations, but then what about a week and a half, two weeks ago, it really started hammering home that, Oh, this might actually be a little bit closer of a competition than just your typical Gundy approach to naming a starting quarterback. Did you get that same sense that it kind of changed how were you feeling through the process? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little tighter than people think, but I also think there's some gamesmanship may not be the right word. I don't know, but I think there's some factors when you look at NIL portal situations keeping people happy. So I think there's a little bit of that factoring in possibly. That's just my guess. I don't have that for sure, but you know I think there's multiple factors in just how they're playing here involved, and I think that's what's keeping it tight because. You keep one. You got one quarterback, right? That, this isn't a position that rotates a ton, and so now all of a sudden you can lose a guy like Aaron Rangel in the portal. Say if you say if you rule him out in August first, saying that's Bowman's job, you might lose a guy like that in the portal. And so, not saying that's why they're doing this to keep Rangel there, but I think there's a little bit of that as a factor. Yeah, I think I think that makes all the sense in the world. I mean, it would be ridiculous a month or two out from the the opener to name a starter right in a, in an open position where you don't have a yeah. returning starting quarterback. And look, the reality is, what do we know about either one of these guys? You know, to a great degree, Alan Bowman hasn't played in multiple yeah. years, and whatever version we saw of Garrett Rangel last year, throw that out the window. I don't think it's even fair to judge him. Yeah, on. no, no, he's a, he was a true freshman behind an offensive line that was in shambles. It was no running game. And so he was thrown out to the Wolves last year. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of unknown when it comes to Garrett, Garrett Rangel. Um, and I think they really like him. And I think they like what he's about. But they also look at it and say, well, they lost Shane Illingworth uh, before last season because he wasn't going to wait around for Spencer to leave. And so um, I think there's a little bit of you've got to keep these guys. I don't want to say you don't want to string them along. We're not saying that. But I'm saying, you know, there's a little bit of that. you got to make sure – they have a reason to stay, and I think some of that is here too. Um, but I did get a sense it's a little bit closer athletically than I realized um, with Bowman and Rangel. And so I think there's all kinds of factors here. And um, But I'm not going to be surprised if Bowman comes out and plays well and they just give Bowman the job because he's a veteran and a guy that they you know feel like can take him a long way. Now, overall, as Jacob Unruh joins us here on the Blitz 1170, streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. No, you're good. From the Oklahoman who covers Oklahoma State is the overall numbers, and Gundy said this is more players competing on a game day for multiple games than ever before, uh, and then pretty much said 
hey, we have to play these guys because we just haven't seen them before, much like the quarterback situation here of not knowing who we have and who these guys are until we get them in live action, which is why you're going to see a ton of new faces and probably some pretty large numbers in terms of just who plays in general during week one. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that's why he sells wars. But, yeah, it's going to be a ton of guys. I think, and I, and I wrote this, that the Heat's going to be a factor in how many guys play, too. Gunny talked about the Heat's going to be 150, 160 degrees. It's a five feet on the turf. And that sounds like hell to me. And I don't know how they're going to, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I don't want to say I'm worried for these guys. There's all kinds of trainers and doctors around. But that's scary. That's hot, hot. And I think that you've got to play guys. You've got to play all these different guys. To have some balance, but I think it's going to have a lot of benefit to show them what they have to and who can do what. Um, you know, because you've got guys that have experience, but you've got guys that haven't really shown it. Because when you think about it, I mean, even look at the tight ends like Ian Edenfield, the D2 guy. You know, we don't know what he's going to do at this level. And Leon Johnson, the third, was a D3 guy at receiver. So there's even guys like that that have college experience that you're just not entirely sure what you're going to get. So this first game, I think, is going to be huge in that. Um, you get to see some guys you may not normally get to see later in the year in these same scenarios, but they can earn spots for later in the year. The running back position is one of those where you kind of do know what you're going to get, but you have really good options, right? And I'm curious to mm-hmm. see what the the spread will look like between all three of your options that have obviously played at a high level. Yeah, yeah that's a, I, I, I knew there would be some oars. I don't think I knew there would be oars for all of them. Um, day but uh it's a position that you've got three but the, the the concern to me there is osu's gone four deep a lot of that in the last three or four years and so who's that fourth guy now <clears throat> they're looking at true freshman type players at that point um but i think they spread the ball i think you've got ollie gordon who can who could be that guy but you've got to preserve him and touch the ball a ton jay nixon he's going to get a ton of touches especially in the passing game to be that kind of guy um, and then Elijah Collins is going to be this power back because he's big and strong and physical and played in a lot of power football at Michigan State. So I think they've got the right mix, the right ability. It's a matter of the new, I think the new blocking scheme, all the linemen thrilled about that. I think it's going to play well to the offense. I think it's going to play well to the running backs to, the, to what Charlie Dickey does as a coach. So I think they're in a good spot that this running game can actually work this year and, and take some pressure off these quarterbacks. Boy, you can't mention the running game without looking out there and seeing 11 offensive linemen that are listed. What, nine of those that were there at OSU last year. So it's a significant group for them. The running game, like last year, is going to go as far as the health is concerned with those guys up front. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. They were beat up last year. When you look at it, I mean, Cole Birmingham was beat up. Jason Brooks got sick at one point. Mahalski's in on the lineup. Preston Wilson battled through injuries. Moved from center to right guard. Um, Maturko had some things, Jake Springfield, you know, they had guys that were there. They've got talented guys. It's just, you got to keep them on the field, but I think they feel like they like the depth because behind Cole Birmingham, Dalton Cooper, who was one of the best tackles at, at his level at Texas State, I think he was really good. Missed a lot of spring with a foot injury. He's healthy now. Um, you like that. Austin Kowecki, I think, is the guy they really like. Um, there's guys there that they feel like they can fill in and move, and they've got some depth. They like where they're at more than they were at this point last year. In terms of those five guys that we're going to see start uh, in the opener, I mean, how much room is there to maybe move any of those guys or or put somebody that's that's second on the depth chart? Because that's one of those groups that you, you never really know necessarily going into a season. 
I guess unless you bring back five starters, right? How like the chemistry is going to work yeah. and and it, to me it would seem like it's it's very much still open in terms of what the what those five spots could look like. Yeah, you know, I think they could move some guys around, but I think they like what they have too. I mean, Brooks last year emerges a great guard. Preston Wilson's a better guard than center. Um, he'll tell you that too. And Birmingham is a good tackle if he can keep on the field. So I think they've got some guys, but you have versatility too. You can move Brooks around. You can move Preston Wilson to center if need be. You've got they they like that mix. You know, there's five guys there, but you can really have seven, eight. Um, and I think that works out well for this new scheme, such as the the gap scheme and the power blocking stuff they're going to do. Is there another spot, Jacob, that's not getting enough right now attention from whether it's quarterback uh, soaking up all of that? Um, is there a spot that gets kind of left out in this? And it could be from the listed as or, or just one that you feel like is is a need area for them during camp. You know, I it's a, a good question. I think there's a lot of intriguing stuff, but I think I think there was ors in the safety position and secondary today. But I look at that secondary and think, man, how that group is big. That's a big group of players on the edges and, and safeties there. Like, no one's below six feet tall. I mean, Raymond Gaze and Cale Smith are both 5'11". Everyone else six feet or above. Kendall Daniels, 6'4". Cameron F 6'3". Lyric Rawls, 6'1". 6'2", uh, for Cam Smith on the corner. Like, I think that plays really well in a 3-3-5 system for Brian Nardo that you've got these guys with the length and athleticism that could really – wreak havoc on a passing game, and I, th- I think that's a position that I'm really intrigued by to see when we get here next weekend. Well, dude, good stuff, man. Great that we could mix you back in and uh, appreciate you yeah. for making time for us uh, after you just got through finishing your podcast, man. We'll definitely be in check soon or touch soon, and uh, hope that you and the fam are doing well. All right, I appreciate it. All right, thanks. That is uh, Jacob Unruh joining us here on the Blitz 1170 from the Oklahoma and giving us a little highlight today of the depth chart release for your Oklahoma State Cowboys. We are coming to you live from the Ike Chili House studio serving four generations of Tulsans since 1908. We've got Colin Kennedy coming up at about 20 minutes from now where we will discuss Oklahoma and whether or not that he has a list And at the top of that list is Brett Yormark's name. And he's got it circled and highlighted right now, just ready to put an X through it because of the comments there in dirty Lubbock yesterday. I don't know why I just had to pile on Lubbock there. I mean, let's face it. It is kind of dirty. You know, lots of wind and blowing dirt and dust around. Yeah, Yeah, so, I mean, it fits. You can't even avoid it. It fits. It's not even a slam. That's just... But, you know, it but it's it it's a little of the stink that I put on it, though. I didn't have to necessarily say dirty Lubbock. I could have just said dirty Lubbock. See? See the difference in the phrasing on that? Yep. It, makes it, it softens it just a little bit. But, yes, our fair leader, Brett Yormark, was out in Lubbock giving some comments that has evidently made a few people upset. Oklahoma got another commit today. <laughs> okay. Two schools. Oklahoma got another commit today, so we'll talk with uh, Colin about that coming up in just a bit as well. And I believe we have a version of the snack coming up as well after this time out here on the Blitz 1170. And streaming Whether it's OSU, OU, TU, high school sports, or the Thunder, the Blitz has what you need. Covering Oklahoma's teams like no other, the Blitz 1170. Streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. 
Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.